two all-new chapters uh, in my podcast this week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. These are two things that will make it into my next book, and we're going to start that off right now on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. We're going to dive right in. So the book is all about things that I've lived through and that have been through and experienced or screwed up that I hope will help you. So that's what the whole book was about. And uh, so in the intervening time since the book was written and published, and it was about four years ago now, I want to say, of course I come up with the new ideas. I go, oh, yeah, I want to share that one. So I'm going to start you off right away with two new ideas that will be in the next book. So let's start off with this one. Here we go. Number one, take your hotel key with you when you leave. Don't drop it off in the little drop box. Don't, you know, throw it in the trash. Don't leave it in the room. Take it with you because I can't tell you the number of times I've left the hotel room and then said, oh, I left my whatever there. Maybe it's your computer. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your keys, whatever. Then that way, you've got the key in your pocket or your purse or wherever, and then you can go back to the hotel and just go right in. You don't have to go to the front desk, have a reprint a key for you. You just go right back to the hotel. And that seems simple, but it's stupid. But every time I stay at a hotel on the last day, I put the key card in my back pocket, and maybe around 50% of the time, maybe less, I haven't kept track, I go, oh, I forgot my coat. And I did that not too long ago. I'm like, I forgot my coat. And I think another time I forgot my ukulele, <laughs> which I really did. So there's a little tip for you. Um, before I get to the next tip um, on the podcast, a friend of mine said, hey, I can't wait to read your book. I said, you've already read my book. It's been out for like four years. And she said, no, your new one. Don't you have it done yet? I said, I, I have not been motivated to write the next book. Isn't it funny how, and I'm, I'm promising, trying my best not to bring up quarantine or anything like that on the podcast because there's so much out there about that that I want to kind of leave that out of the conversation so you can forget about it for a while. But I just have not felt motivated with all this extra time. And I was just talking to my wife and she's been sitting on the couch literally since about 9 o'clock this morning. And right now it's uh, it's 1 o'clock. And she's got up a couple of times, go to the bathroom, and then she you know, did a couple of other little things. And she said, I just don't feel motivated. I said, I know what you mean. It's beautiful, and I don't feel motivated to go for a walk or go for a motorcycle ride. And I don't know why that is because I know I'd love either one of those. So if you're having a little trouble getting motivated to do anything, I was that way on Friday night. Uh, Friday I got off work, we do some meetings, we do some recordings, things like that, then I ate lunch, I think I played Animal Crossing, and which has been a huge thing for me lately, highly recommend it if you don't have, if you have a Nintendo Switch, and um, then Friday night, I took a nap on the couch, I could not get motivated to get off the couch, and I had a Zoom meeting with a Zoom wedding couple that we're going to marry this Friday, and that kind of got me motivated, I took a little walk for a while, and then I did the Zoom meeting. But if you're having trouble getting motivated, you are not alone. And if you figure out the trick, maybe it's just get up and do something, then please let me know. All right, the next one. New chapter in the book, if I was going to write a new chapter. Uh, and this is a little bit silly, but I think it's true. Bring a pen. A lot of the time if you go to a meeting, 
whether it's, uh, you know, you're on a committee meeting for Girl Scouts or you're a meeting at work or you're at a meeting down at your church or a meeting with probably not your boss. If it's just one-on-one with your boss, probably not. But is there anything more embarrassing that makes you feel like you're a lazy eighth grader than having to ask to borrow a pen? So uh, there are certain meetings where you go to and you don't need a pen. It's like like we have a morning a KDWB staff meeting every Friday, or at least we did, uh, at 10 o'clock. And it's very informal. We joke more than we actually talk substance, and we make fun of each other, and it's kind of a fun get-together for the whole team. Um, nobody brings a pen. If there's anything that needs to be you know, covered, they send out notes later that day. But think about this. If you went to a job interview or you went to a meeting with a client and uh, you have your phone to take notes, but you had to write something down and you had to ask to borrow a pen. Let me ask you this one. As I say it, I go, is that too old fashioned to say bring a pen? Are pens still that important of a thing? I can only say there's certain times where I was very happy that I had a pen. And then I felt really great when somebody said, hey, can I borrow your pen? I'm like, yeah, bitch, you can borrow my pen. But what I want you to notice which of us brought a pen and which of us did not. So there's two chapters. So I said, we're going to get back to um, some of the roots on the podcast. And um, the podcast is going to be a little bit shorter, I think, for the next couple of weeks, just because I've noticed that my longer podcasts have been getting up around 30 minutes. And that's a big chunk of time to devote to anything, I think. So I like my podcast. I think I got more listens when they were a little bit shorter like under 20 minutes. So then I made them longer when people said, make them longer. But then I think I got less listens on them. So I want to do what works for you because you're the one who listens to the podcast. So any feedback on it, send it to uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Let's open up the book, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Uh, I've been saying that it's available on Amazon and I honestly don't know that it's available on there anymore. I think last time I checked, it said um, temporarily unavailable. So it could be out of stock or they could have sold out. You can still get it at Itasca Books. They still have um, enough down at Itasca Books. So we're going to start off by reading the introduction. Here we go. I made my first real mistake when I was four years old. I'd make mistakes before then, I'm sure, but this one was a monster. My mom was upstairs on the phone talking to our neighbor. I, being four, wanted attention. So I did the one and only thing I knew would get her to focus on me. I went downstairs, picked up the other phone, and said the most powerful word that I could, that I could create. Shit ass. Now, coming out of anyone, that's a serious attention grabber. It's somewhat uncommon. It sparks the imagination. And best of all, it's two swear words in one coming from the mouth of a four-year-old is succeeded in getting me the attention that I wanted and more. I still remember this day. I really do. I can tell you where I was, where the phone was, where I was facing. I think I was sitting on a couch next to the phone looking out the window. The next few minutes were a blur of yelling, spanking, hair pulling, and labor strikes, and I'm pretty sure an arson fire was even set nearby. I quickly learned from my mistake of using shit ass in mixed company. I'd have to, uh, hold on. Uh, Okay, next page. 
I'd have to save it for when I was hanging out with my siblings who thought it was hysterical when I said it. Like you, I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person, taken the wrong job, picked the wrong person to fall in love with, and used the wrong fork at a fancy restaurant. Consequences can be large or small, but either way, mistakes can be embarrassing. Like the, the time I mistakenly called a hiring manager Biff instead of his real name Bill during a day-log job interview. His name was Bill Fippen. And when, this is not part of the book. This is off the top of my head. And we were meeting secretly to replace their morning guy. And I'll tell you where. It doesn't matter. It was in Atlanta years ago. So instead of going out to lunch and meeting at a restaurant where we were worried somebody might see the managers at this radio station interviewing a stranger and then word would get all around the staff, they said, we're going to meet you in a hotel room. We'll order lunch. And it was really weird doing the interview, laying like sitting on the bed. I remember I was leaning up against the headboard <laughs> doing the job interview. Manager comes in. He's like, hi, my name's Bill Fippen. And all I heard was Biff. Biff, not Bill Fippen. So the rest of the interview, I called him Biff. Anyway, mistakes can be expensive. I trusted someone who promised if I invested in a rat trap office building in Tampa, I'd get a huge return on my investment. We lost all of it. Mistakes can be painful. I fell so hard, so hard learning to snowboard that it made me sick to my stomach. The bruise on my butt was the size of a pumpkin. I remember that. We were out at Highland with Angie Taylor and I think either Pat Eberts or Jamie when snowboarding was just kind of starting to really catch on late 90s or so. And if you've ever snowboarded, you know what it means to catch an edge. And if you catch your front edge, you're going down on your face. You catch a back edge, you're going down hard on your butt. I went down hard on my butt. Uh, still mistakes are some of the best teachers in the world. I've been bitten by every chihuahua I've ever tried to be friendly to, so I learned that I just don't mix well with these adorable yet ferocious little creatures. There are people who make the same mistakes over and over again. Maybe they date a loser who steals their mom's jewelry and can't stay out of jail. How miserable. You'd think that one bad experience would be the last, but nope. People will get rid of one loser boyfriend only to hook up with a felon who smokes the wicker futon and can't pay his child support. Or how about the guy who got fired for stealing toilet paper from work last year and last week? I mean, I get it to a degree. We all screw up, but most of us, if tased by a cop for taking a wild swing at him, we will think twice before we do it again. Trust me, I've also made some mistakes, big mistakes, more than once before I learned my lesson. Paraphrasing self-help guru Anthony Robbins, learning from experience is really effective, but it's very time-consuming. Uh, this book is jammed with 101 of the most common or common sense life's mis life mistakes that I've made myself or that I see others making. But this book isn't just about mistakes. It's a book about how not to be an asshat. It's a book about how to benefit yourself and the rest of the human race by following simple, practical advice. And following this advice will benefit you will benefit you not just now, but in your reputation going forward. If I can convince my son not to be a thief, it'll save him the trouble of being blamed every time a pencil goes missing at his future job. If I can convince my daughter not to get a giant neck tattoo, I can save her the trouble of being turned down for any job that turns that earns more than minimum wage. I know it all sounds very judgmental, but here's a news flash: our society is judgmental. They just pretend they're not. Oh, I like that. I haven't read that paragraph in a long time. Our society is very judgmental. They just pretend they're not. I want to help you be judged for how awesome you are, not for your impressive shoplifting skills. It all starts with the basic. 
basics. After I learned not to blurt out shit ass in mixed company, I learned to avoid other mistakes like not bathing, showing up late, and being busted stealing a plunger from the men's room at work. When you need a plunger, you need a plunger, right? From what I remember, that is the only thing that I've ever stolen from a job. I just don't think I ever stole. Well, okay, that's not true. I was at a big iHeart Radio um, uh, music festival, and backstage they had a VIP room, and they had these little electronic tea lights, those little tiny candles, and it was in a it was a one of those plastic candles in a little like iHeart shot glass looking thing, and I said, I'm taking one. I said, I don't care if I get fired for this, but I'm taking one. I've worked at this company for 25, 26 years, and damn it, I'm taking one. And I did. And people give me a hard time. They're like, hey, you said don't steal anything. I'm like, I know. But come on, just once. And it's just a candle. Back to the book. Making habits from these three simple rules, I call them my big three, is a great place to start. And yes, I know you already know how to take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. But could you possibly name someone who struggles with those ideas? Yeah, me too. I'm not pulling punches in this book, and I'll likely offend some people on one topic or another. When I say a 13-year-old kid shouldn't have blue hair and your kid does, you might not like that very much. You might say, it's just hair. She doesn't want to be like everyone else. As teachers and neighbors snicker at you and mutter funny things about your parenting style. I'll, I'd say it. I'd say if she doesn't want to be like everybody else, how about she picks up the oboe? No one plays the freaking oboe anymore, but wait, that would be too hard. Yep, dyeing your hair blue is definitely the better answer. You know, I've since reformed and softened on the blue hair stance a little bit. I would still never let my 13-year-old dye her or his hair blue, but I don't really care. You know what? I think that there are probably some wonderful blue-haired people in the world, so whatever. There are not enough oboe players, and I will stick with that one. I have a feeling, though, that between periodic grumblings of what a judgmental jerk I am, you'll be nodding your head in agreement with most of what you'll read in the book. After all, you had the good sense, not to mention the few extra dollars to buy it, unless you stole the money out of your girlfriend's mother's purse, in which case, in which case you and I are going to have a problem. The first thing that strikes me reading that is what a poor reader I am, stumbling and starting and stopping. Anyway, so that is um, the gist of the book, and uh, the book is full of you know all kinds of different things. I saw one earlier, um, and let me see if I can find it again just by opening up here. I doubt that I can. I mean, there's everything in here from don't try drugs, cigarettes are delicious, smoky goodness, you actually do look your age, um, uh, <laughs> being married is like eating cheese pizza every night. Hey, it's still pizza. It's just the same pizza every night. Okay, I can't find the one that I was going to work that I was going to read to you right now. Wait, hold on. Oh, wait, I just turned to it. Here we go. Number forty-eight. You can't be anything worth being if you don't know anything worth knowing. The chapter goes. When a chapter title is that long, there isn't much more for me to say. But you know me. I'm going to say it anyway. Years ago, I hung a light fixture above my dining room table. Even though it works and has never started a fire, I know I'm never going to be anybody's first choice to do electrical work in their family room. I've never taken the time to learn more than the basics. I'm basically a nobody in the world of home lighting installation. Next page. We all want to matter. The problem is mattering is the hard part. It means we have to learn how to be a great parent, study for years to become a dentist or an artist, and climb our way to the top sales job. It's funny, so many times we want to matter, yet we don't want to put in the time it takes to make ourselves special. 
We can learn a lot by watching TV, and nearly all of it is worthless. We can learn all the tricks to beat a video game, but when we turn off the console, we're not any better prepared for life than we were when we sat down. What can we learn that will add value to our lives and to our jobs? That is the question. Uh, to be something we're proud of, we have to work at it. We have to put the time in to develop and ex uh, the expertise that makes it, it takes to make it. We have to, boy, I told you I can't read. We have to put in the time to develop the expertise it takes to be successful. But the good news is, if you do it, you'll stand out in a crowd of people who want to matter, but don't want to put in the time to learn how they can matter. That's kind of a deeper chapter. We all want to matter, but we need to have something to matter about. I ask you, what do you matter about? And you don't have to be important to matter. If you matter to your kids, that's important. If you matter to your boss or to your church or to your friends, that's really important. You don't have to matter to the governor. You don't have to matter to the medical community. You don't have to matter to the world of architecture or fine wine. <laughs> uh, most of us don't. I know very people who really matter to the governor or to the medical community, although I guess I probably know a few. Uh, but anyway, I think, you know, as long as you matter to someone, and you do, you matter to me. I don't even know you, probably, but you matter to me because here you are listening to the podcast. So we're going to wrap it up this week. Like I said, it's going to be kind of a short one. Uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And um, uh, if you want to pick up the book, like I said, Itasca Books is probably the easiest way to go find it. You can look on Amazon to see if it's there. And don't forget, there's a Kindle version that you can get for probably about half the price of the regular book. I hope we run into each other sometime soon when all this is done. And I will look forward to that. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thank you.